Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Jim. A couple things tonight. Uh, First of all, uh, have you noticed uh, Elizabeth Warren creeping up in the polls? Uh, for the Democratic nomination. There's just a poll out today, I think. Uh, she's uh, running at 13%, only three points behind Bernie Sanders. Third place. So all those um, position papers, uh, policy papers, uh, look like they're paying off. So it'll be really interesting to uh, see what happens when the debates start. And I think the first one is just in about a month, I think. Um, you get a lot of bumper sticker comments from the rest of the candidates. And uh, good old Elizabeth Warren will be uh, there talking about detailed policy on just about any subject you can think of. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I think she's going to um, uh, show herself as a person of substance, uh, where the others seem to be just kind of tapping into anger. Not that Elizabeth Warren isn't tapping into anger, but, um, being a policy wonk, she actually has detailed policies. I don't know if I agree with any of them. Uh, none of the ones I've heard so far. Uh, but, uh, the interesting thing about it is, if she does, if this does come down to a th- uh, race between Biden and Warren, that's going to be really interesting because will the Democratic Party, uh, with a viable woman candidate, uh, certainly knowledgeable, um, will they really not give her the nomination in favor of an old white man? Um, Elizabeth Warren is an old white woman. She's actually, she, I think I've said this before. She looks pretty, uh, good for her age. I think she's close to 70, uh, if not 70. Uh, but she sure has a lot of energy, a lot more energy than Joe. Um, anyway, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, um, I, I'm sure we'll talk more about that, but that's just kind of an entree into, um, we're, the, some of the issues we're seeing now that are coming to the fore. Uh, that could very well be issues in this election. And one of them that has been uh, in the news a lot lately has been abortion, uh, because more and more states are passing these heartbeat bills, uh, where basically if the child has a heartbeat, you can't kill the child. And um, this has really brought the Marxists out of the closet, um, just the angry, angry uh, Marxists on this one. And where to start with this? Um, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> um, does she do anything except like political stuff now? I mean, I haven't, I think, you know, the last time I saw her do anything was, you know, when she was on that kid on a sitcom back in the, what was it, back in the 80s? Um, I don't know what she does now. Um, but she seems to be like showing up in a lot of places and saying a lot of stuff. Um, there was even an article, where was this, in New York Magazine, um, titled, Abortion is Morally Good. Huh. Um, so, 
Let's talk about a few things. So in this article, this article in New York Magazine, they're actually trotting out some like really old arguments that I thought I, I didn't really think people were using anymore because it's so outdated. Um, where was the line in here? Let me find it. Because they were talking about, um, you know, an unborn child is just a, a lump of cells and um, she's potential life and, and all this other stuff. And it's like, huh, I mean, really, with all the science, people are still using that? I mean, that was the line back in the 70s and even the 80s. But um, we, we know about DNA now. I, the, uh, a preborn child has different DNA than her mother or father. Um, and so to say that it's an issue of potential life, that uh, a preborn child is just a lump of cells, well, I mean, these the legislation that's passing uh, talks about heartbeats. You know, your your different organs in your body don't have a a separate pulse. You know, that it's, it's just, they're trying to, so they're trying to play this child off as just some sort of uh, inanimate object. Um, You know, a rock doesn't have a pulse. So, okay. Um, But a preborn child does and nerves and brain signals and the DNA. I always go back to that. I'm surprised it isn't brought up more because, uh, and I think we may have mentioned this before, in our legal system, DNA is how you identify a unique individual. So um, I, I, I guess I was really surprised to, to hear that the same kind of worn out arguments are being used. But this all, the thing now that you see is, is this whole, um, kind of body independence and, and, uh, feminists are like, well, you know, this is our body. We can do what we want. Um, well, two things on that. Um, I guess technically you can do whatever you want with your body, but this child is not your body. I, scientifically, genetically, aren't the, aren't the liberals the one that always accuse Christians of being anti-science? Huh. Um, but from a science standpoint, a genetic standpoint, that child is a different person with a different body than that of her mother's. Now, the child may be inside the mother for the first nine months, but that's an issue of geography, not an issue of identity. So where you are doesn't determine if you are a person or not. If I am inside my home or outside my home, I am still an individual person. When I walk inside of my home, I don't become part of the home. I am not a house when I walk into a house. I am a person, an individual person, inside of a house. Likewise, with a preborn child, they are inside of their mother, but that doesn't mean they are their mother. They have a different brain, 
different brain activity, different pulse, and different DNA. They are unique. Um, but um, once again, this weird death cult, um, they want to shy away from facts because they can't win a fact-based argument. And so I think even that there was that horrible story, I would think it was in Chicago about that um, pregnant teenager who was murdered and the, I almost don't even want to say it, the, the baby cut out of her. Well, the baby's alive. They had a picture of the child uh, in the hospital uh, today. I just saw it. So if you think about that, so that child is alive, but if that child were in New York state, for example, um, that child could be aborted. Um, so this whole talk of like potential life and blah, 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 and all this other stuff, it's just semantics. And so when people, uh, try to make this an issue of women's rights and control over one's body, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a game because it's not an issue of a woman controlling her body. It's an issue of whether or not a woman, uh, is allowed to control someone else's body. Um, because it's the child's body that's being destroyed. It's not the woman's body that's being destroyed. It isn't the woman's heartbeat that is being stopped. It's the heartbeat of that child. That is a separate body. But this is all to avoid um, the real issue. Uh, and that is, in part, when does one person have the right to take the life of another person? And in the case of abortion, more often than not, it's when another person's life is inconvenient to the mother or the father or both. And so if another person's life is inconvenient, then all of a sudden they become a non-person. Kind of the way uh, the Nazis looked at Jews, kind of the way slaves were treated in the United States. They weren't even a full person. There's a really interesting website, and I think they put out a movie um, a while back. Um, it seemed like there was some bad language in it, so I don't know that you should watch it. But the, um, the website is blackgenocide.org. Um, and this actually ties into this abortion thing in uh, kind of a weird way. But um, just on their website, they have uh, interesting stats. There was a quote from a, um, a social worker and civil rights leader. Uh, she said, uh, several quotes, several years ago when 17,000 aborted babies were found in a dumpster outside a pathology laboratory in Los Angeles, California, some 12 to 15,000 were observed to be black, end quote. So 12 to 15,000 out of 17,000. This is an amazing, uh, they have a chart on, on their website that's just amazing. Approximate number of African American deaths since 1973. That's the year that abortion was legalized. AIDS, 245,000, over 245,000. Violent crimes, 354,392. Violent crimes. So we hear about this in the news all the time. Next one, accidents. 
447,803. Cancer, uh, 2.5, almost 2.6 million. Heart disease, a little over 2.7 million. Abortion, 15.5 million. That's extraordinary. Minority women constitute only about 13% of the female population, age 15 to 44. So right in the age where uh, a woman uh, typically can give birth. Um, only 13% of, of the population of minority women. Uh, but they underwent approximately 36% of the abortions. Wow, that's almost three times. Um, so it's uh, disproportionate. Black women are more than five times as likely as white women to have an abortion. On average, this is tragic. On average, 1,876 black babies are aborted every day in the United States. The black communities in 73 has lost 16 million children. The current population of blacks in the United States is 36 million. So it could have been a population of 52 million. So in addition to the uh, horrific human tragedy, look at what that's done to the black community. Uh, imagine, the, uh, imagine the political power the black community would have uh, with more people. Uh, there was a university, Howard University, um, 1993, showed that uh, black women over 50 were 4.7 times more likely to get breast cancer if they had had an abortion compared to women who had not had any abortions. So um, the political party that likes to tout itself as the uh, upholder of civil rights and supporter of uh, minority groups, uh, also supports something that has devastated the black community. And the reason this is interesting is Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood. She was a eugenicist. She believed there were superior races and inferior races. Uh, she spoke at a Ku Klux Klan rally. Um, and so, um, uh, you know, what was the, the stat I, I read? It's something like 70% of the Planned Parenthood facilities are in minority neighborhoods. Um, so that certainly, uh, lines up with, uh, Margaret Sanger's ideology. Um, and so, I mean, you can find stats like this, uh, all over the place. Um, and I, I just pointed out the, um, the stats for the black community because it's so radically disproportionate. And at the same time, the same people that claim to support blacks also support abortion, which has devastated the black community for decades now. Um, and, and other communities, other, I mean, this isn't even a, you know, you don't have to divide these things by race. There's, there's, what is it, over 70 million children have been killed in this country since 73. 
And everybody's talking about, well, we don't have enough workers. How are we going to support, you know, older citizens who need Social Security and Medicare because we're not going to have enough workers and da da da. Well, if you kill off large chunks of your population, what is that, 70 million? That's like twice the population of Canada. Can you imagine wiping out Canada twice? Every man, woman, and child just going in there and killing them all? But that's what we've done in this country. Twice. I mean, that's extraordinary. And so, um, uh, aside from uh, not wanting to talk about the issue of uh, when uh, does one person have the right to take the life of another, because that's what, if you look at it purely from a secular standpoint, um, the issue is, yeah, so when, when can a person say... Um, that person's life needs to go away. And I, I'm the one that has the right to decide when that person's life goes away. That's a lot of power. Um, and one would think one would have to have a really good reason, but the only reason someone has to have is they don't feel like taking care of that child, uh, which gets to the heart of this. Because at the end of the day, what this boils down to is sin, any number of sins. Uh, the first one is people want to fornicate. They want to have sex outside of marriage uh, without having to deal with the consequences. And so the devil, again, trivializes sin. Uh, at least there was, before abortion was legal, at least people knew there was a consequence that could last a lifetime for breaking God's commandments um, about having sex outside of marriage. Uh, you would have a child, and that child would need to be taken care of. And there was, there was a life-impacting consequence uh, for that. In addition to the moral consequences of uh, living a life of uh, willful sin, in that case fornication, but then with abortion, well, it trivializes the sin even more because now you don't even have to worry about that consequence. And like people are bragging about, they have like these celebrities now talking about their abortions and how good it was for them and all this other stuff. And you hear these things about, well, you know, I wasn't ready or I couldn't afford to take care of the child. And I think we talked about that last time. Um, you can, you know, w what about the, the family that uh, can take care of the child when the child is first born, but then 10 years down the line, they run into economic hardships. They can't take care of the child then, so can the child be killed? If, if, if economic hardship is the only excuse one needs to take another person's life, uh, why doesn't that apply beyond uh, pre-birth? It's the same argument, that the child will have a terrible life. That's the argument used when, you, when a, a pre-born child is killed. The argument is that after they are born, if the parents don't have the money to take care of the child, that she'll have an awful life. Well, she can have an awful life after she's born, too. 
but this just comes down to people wanting to sin without consequences. And it's so incredibly selfish and narcissistic to think that, I, I mean, really, it's, it's astonishing um, how far people have gone with this. They've decided that a unique human being, a genetically unique human being with her own pulse uh, can be killed so that the person who committed the act of fornication doesn't have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Sin without consequences. Well, isn't that what the devil talked about in the Garden of Eden? You will not surely die. And so the same thing. Go ahead, have sex outside of marriage. If you get pregnant, well, the child will surely die, but you'll be okay. You can keep going with uh, whatever your plans were. Just a little bump in the road. And so this reminds me of uh, a term that's used in a couple different Bible verses, but I'll read it out of Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away, without natural affection. What is more unnatural than parents wanting to kill their own children because their children are inconvenient. What happened to the days when parents used to put their children above themselves, when parents would give up their lives for their children? Nobody's even asking them to give up their life, just take responsibility for what they've done with their lives. And don't force another person to surrender their life and do things to someone else's body just because you couldn't control your body. These people that are in favor of abortion, they want control over their body, but they weren't able to control their lust. And it's interesting, because some of the same people that'll talk about um, absolute body sovereignty are the same people that um, criticize people who don't want to get vaccinations. Uh, body sovereignty apparently only applies uh, when you're sinning with your body. Um, it's extraordinary. And so um, God talked about this without natural affection. Lovers of their own selves. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And notice how it started. In the last days perilous times shall come. 
And that's where we are. So the next time you hear somebody saying, uh, don't tell me what to do with my body, uh, tell them, uh, I have no intention of telling you what to do with your body. Uh, and likewise, don't tell your child that she has to give up her body because you don't want to take responsibility for what you did with yours. The times are indeed perilous. That's going to do it for tonight. Take care, everyone. Keep praying. Uh, ask God to do something with this country and this culture. Uh, it's it, it's just flailing around uh, and and going off in such uh, devastating and horrid directions. Uh, fact is out the window. Science is, is out the window. Natural affection is out the window. Uh, all we can do is pray and uh, stand up for God's truth uh, and warn people that there are consequences for these things and pray that God grants them repentance and an obedient faith in Jesus. Until next time, take care, everyone. God bless. Good night.